Hello Gems! Welcome to another episode of Tiaras and Tech. I'm your host, Shelley Benhoff, and today I'm talking to Daniela Militaru, Senior Sales Engineer at Sitecor. We talked about the climate crisis and what companies can do to help, the importance of having male allies, and how to spot unconscious bias. This was a really great and important conversation, and I hope that you enjoy it. Without further ado, on to the episode. Hey, Daniela, welcome to the show. I'm so, so happy that you're here. Hello, I'm really happy to be here as well. Yeah, I'll be following you for some months now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And like, we've chatted and stuff, but we've hardly ever actually talked. So I'm, I'm really excited about this because we're very like-minded. Amazing. If I do this, it's because I'm agreeing, because this is the sign language that we use in um, in activists, right? So it's like, yeah, agreeing. So, so some people sometimes look at yeah. me, oh, why are you doing this? But this is agreeing. <laughs> That's agree. Yeah. <laughs> Hands up for you that, you know, are listening and, and not actually watching. But yeah, let's um, just jump right in and have you tell us your story and how <laughs> you got into tech. Oh, that's a good one. So I got into tech, um, oh, I think, since ever. So um, in high school, I really loved math. I think if I was ever good or excellent something, I think mathematics was the thing. Um, but um, maybe a little bit of a background. I grew up in Romania. I was born in Romania. I'm Romanian. I grew up there. I've done all my studies there. I've only started traveling abroad uh, past my 20 late 20s let's say um and mostly with work so i've lived there the majority of my life so in high school i was very passionate about mathematics so that was that was my thing um but i was thinking like i wanted to continue with mathematics but in romania because of the possibilities i knew that i could never get in in research or in statistics something that i think i would have really loved it um then i said okay i'm going to use mathematics to use uh, in computer science so i uh, went to computer science university, uh, which it was, um, I had to pass an exam um, and I had to choose between three mathematics and computer science. Um, it was, I think, C++, um, C++ or pass and Pascal, so it's like, you know, all uh, programming <laughs> languages, which we studied a lot in, in high school and in university for a little bit. But then I then choose computer science. I choose to give my exam from four types of math. And I got a really high wow. result. Uh, I, so I entered with scholarship. Uh, I think I was the first on university because it was math, basically. Um, so I entered with scholarship, which I lost it after the first semester, which was fine because um, it, it was perfectly fine. I would have had to do a lot of work <laughs> to keep that. And I also wanted to just have fun as well. Um, so we started quite from early, early days. Uh, yeah, high school technical high school, university, and then, yeah, I got a job while I was still a student, while I was still um, studying for my master. And that was pretty much it. So, you know, I'm relatively young and I have 16 or 17 years experience in, in IT as, you know, on several roles. So, yeah, that's the, the story. That's a lot of math. <laughs> I I always tell people that, you know, for programming, you don't, need math. I'm not great at math, but it's just a different programming language. Like it's teaching you logic and that's where you 
can connect the two. I just never did. I think that's what it was. Yeah, Yeah. just the the, the logic that I developed because of math. But yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, especially um, today where a lot of our work is like automated and for like web stuff, we're not threading and memory or, you know, accessing anything, um, hash, you know, any of that. So yeah, I was just never really, um, a math person and, and that's okay. Okay, exactly. And (laughs) yeah, and many people are excellent in programming without being very good at math. I think I just, I was the other way around. I was really good at math and I think that's what, um, yeah, that's what, that's how it all started actually. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you are very um, active in the uh, climate crisis. Um, I, I don't want to be like you're active as a, you know, as an activist. <laughs> active. Yeah, as an activist, but that's where that was going. <laughs> Can you um, explain to us why is it important to reduce? Um, our actual like uh, carbon footprint. Sorry, my yeah, yeah and emissions <laughs> and to be more sustainable. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think it hit me. I always knew about the climate crisis, especially since in the last ten years. Um, yeah. but it was a moment when something switched in me, and it became from something that I am aware of it to like, oh my God, this is really serious. So um, I was already start, starting to change my life in terms of habits. Um, but then when this happened, and I think it was 2018, when I read a book um, that, a, a book written by a lot of uh, scientists and um, uh, sort of like a collection of, of stories. And that really, um, do you know, I, I literally, I keep on saying that I felt like someone hit me with with a shovel or something like it was really, really um, like abrupt. Um, and since then, I joined an environmental uh, movement. I participated in a lot of protests and um, the environmental movement that I'm part of, uh, maybe not active that much anymore. It's Extinction Rebellion. It, it has at the core of it... Um, arrestability which is something that I cannot afford to do I am in all honesty scared that I'll be kicked out of the UK as an immigrant I don't have a nationality yet so I try to do stuff around it Uh, so um, having said that being already an activist being in the streets or like campaigning um, I especially since I rejoined cycle which happened in December um, I decided that a lot of good work can be done actually in our spaces of, of work, you know, um, and especially in, um, in, a, in organizations that work in IT, because there are also, they, there are intelligent people that work in, you know, IT organization, but also they have a lot of power because there's, a, you know, more money in it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, tech industry is really huge, isn't it, throughout the world? Uh, so it's a lot of power and money and smart people in the same time. But if you, if that is not used in the right way, then that's useless. So 
being used in the right way is basically fighting against the climate crisis. We we even have we can't even say climate change. I mean, of course we can say it, but now the the wording is the climate crisis, especially with the latest mm-hmm. IPCC report that keeps on coming. I think the second uh, um, the second report came up came out a couple of months ago, um, and other two are about to come. So the situation is really really bad, like extremely bad. We basically have like three, four years, we have to act now, especially in richer countries like UK, US, France, so on and so forth. So why is it important? Because it's about seriously like survival. It's I, I know the answer is it, it could be it's not oversimplified and it, it I don't want it to sound doom and gloom, but we are at that moment when we are at the at the point of potential extinction, really. So that is extremely important. And all of us to not only to for some of us to survive because that's also the conversation of the um you know the classes the elites versus the uh the normal people um we all we need to make sure that we all survive and uh, strive not just survive and and struggle um i hope i answered your question so you said why is it important right yeah because <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and Part two, I, I always try to ask one question at a time whenever I'm on podcasts and they ask two part questions, like I've forgotten the second <laughs> question by the time I, I finish answering the first one. So follow up, what are some ways to help and like just achieve reduction in our just pollution, carbon footprint, all of that stuff? So... Uh... Um, I'm trying to put it into different categories. So first, I will start with the fact that individuals should not be responsible of, of major change. So I don't want to um, to insist on the individual level because I know the the major change that can happen and the major impact needs to come from the from the policies from the governmental level. Um, so, but for that, uh, we also need to put pressure as individuals, as communities, we need to put pressure for the governments to adopt like uh, sustainable policies and green policies and uh, transition to green, uh, uh, green energy. Uh, but there are things that the governments and policymakers can do, uh, and there are things that individuals can do. Um, the governments are not really understanding the the crisis as as much as they should, um, and I'm not saying that uh, Antonio Gutierrez, which is the um, he's the um, general secretary for uh, from UN, he's actually saying that countries are really not taking this serious, and the civil society, which are the you know the civil communities that are protesting in the streets, they're actually, you know, we need to listen to them. Um, because they are in the streets and they're campaigning because they understand the the crisis. Um, So we need to to put pressure. And I know it's still something that as individuals and as as communities, we need to do um, for, you know, policymakers to change things. But at the individual level, um, I've recently um, discovered a project uh, which is called Just uh, Jump, um, and it's 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 getting it's getting uh, you know more and more known, uh, not only in the UK but also globally. So what they've done, um, it was created by climate researchers. Um, they uh, they work with different universities. They've done studies exactly on the questions that you're asking. Exactly what, where is the highest impact in terms of um, 
policies, government uh, actions, and also individual. So what they've done, uh, they took the most six important um, elements. So places where we can we 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 can make the biggest impact if we you know organize around them. So and they looked at the individual level here. That that's their 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 vision. That's their focus to just look at the individual, not to not so much to put pressure and to uh, put blame on people. Um, because we also know now that the carbon footprint, it was a terminology that was created by BP, I think. So it was it was a term that the big oil companies created to put the, the pressure and and um, yeah burden on individuals. So they're not trying to do that, but also they, they try to educate people. OK, if we want to do something, what should we do? So they were saying something around um, you know, what we consume and how much we consume. So that is consumerism, um, and that's connected to capitalism, right? And that is at the, at the basis mm-hmm. of it. And then even lower the patriarchy, right? Because uh, the system was created by men for men, and probably that's why we're yep. in this situation. So in terms of what, um, going back to what we can do, what we consume, um, not buying many products or buying a new product, they were saying every three years, um, which which are it's it's backed up by science because I asked them so the, it's quite interesting that they got to these numbers. Also keep a keep a product for seven years, uh, fly how we transport it, uh, ourselves fly once every three years, so fly as little as possible plant based diet of course. Um, so I think I've said um, um, and the fifth would be try not to own a car, share cars or public transport. And the six was just get involved at least once a year in some sort of like a, when I was talking about putting pressure for the government in, in a campaign, in a campaign, you know, mm-hmm. for the policymakers. So this six things would would be the the things that will have the highest impact. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this question isn't on the list. I'm sorry, but like I've I have tried to do plant-based, it's so, so hard for me. What about pescatarian? That is where you only eat uh, fish. And that one interests me. I I think I could get on board with yeah. that one. Is it sustainable though? So of course you need to, yeah, you need to be careful where you're sourcing your, your fish, but definitely it's more, it's more sustainable than if you would eat, you know, chicken or beef. And we, we Mm -hmm. know the implications of that. Um, I guess there are so many situations in the world where people just cannot eat plant-based. It's not because of their bodily needs but also because of their geographical position right some areas mm-hmm. they just can't plant vegetables they need to eat yak meat in in mongolia somewhere or you know their diet is based on everything around this animal right so yeah. that's perfectly fine just being being careful where you're um, sourcing your your fish and you know how often you eat it of course it's it's they, we it's not it's not a um a defined recipes, just like what we can do to, yeah. to be better, right? Uh, so for me, living mm-hmm. in London, I really don't. I don't have any biological needs in terms of like diets. Um, so I have. I really don't think there's any excuse for me not to eat plant based. Especially London is so good with that, right? So they are. Uh, yes. <laughs> so again, depends of the yeah. depends of the situation, but just the fact that you're thinking of that, you're already on the right track, you know, you're already doing great. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you can think about something all day. It's, you know, taking that leap to to actually do it. I I love fish, you know. So yeah, I could I could totally get behind that. I love steak too, but I know, you know, I'm older now, so it's not as not as good for me anymore. <laughs> Well, well, it never was, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not even about the health because I'm not. I'm uh, whenever I speak about diets, I because I'm not. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, a medical specialist, so I don't really know. I can read the science, but there's so different versions of it. Which one is better, plant-based or yeah. a bit of meat? But in terms of the carbon emit emissions and emissions in general, yeah, for sure. Like a as much plant-based diet as as possible, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, with all of that said, we can eat, like personally take um, steps, but at the company level, what should companies keep in mind in terms of like how they can help as well? That is a really good and important question. Um, so um, first of all, I believe, um, well, the best thing is okay let me start with what companies already are doing including Psychor, and and, and they're on, on the right track but not not quite where they should be so first of all looking how they run their offices right in terms of electricity you know transitioning to you know um renewable energy that's something that it should be a policy that all Psychor offices to be and i think they're they're working towards that they're not like quite yet there but they're working towards that then um what they can any other companies can do like um just say that for all the company's meals they will not deliver beef or you know just make sure that they they they, they choose a plant-based diet in their you know even conferences even meetings is not yet happening but that should be amazing imagine how many people go to like a tech conference hundreds or thousands oh god totally right? and imagine yeah. if that would be the you know that's all we have plant-based diet and eat i'm telling you I'm, i've been vegan for four years vegetarian for 13 years and it's delicious you can especially now you can find so many good old you really can and you wouldn't even yeah some people wouldn't even know that oh this is not meat actually so yeah. So going back to that, um, and um, these are small things, I would say, like how they run their offices in terms of energy. Um, also, if they um, if they have a building to isolate the building in such a way so they don't uh, lose heat. So these are these are small stuff. For me, it would be a, a big one would be to reduce or eliminate flying in companies because there's also something that organizations are doing a lot, especially now after the pandemic, we're still in the pandemic in all honesty, we understand that we can be very productive also online. We've, you know, signed contracts and, you know, even during the pandemic so that we didn't have to be face-to-face. -face. So reducing, if not eliminating, at least reducing unnecessary flying. But when I say necessary, some people say, but this was necessary. Uh, well, maybe change that definition, what, what exactly is necessary, right? And be more honest about it. And the most important for me is integrating in your day-to-day -day business. Talk with your customer, um, make sure that um, even like refusing to, to do business with organizations that are really not taking the climate crisis serious and are based on, they have as a business model 
their business model is destructive to to nature and to um it's a you know a, against well it's encouraging yeah, the climate crisis so i think that would be right. flying for me and how we run our business and integrating that sustainability value having that as a value um as a business yeah yeah i'm i'm on board with not flying <laughs> you know especially now that you don't have to have proof of vaccine you don't have to wear a mask you don't have to quarantine I like well, i don't even know what I don't even know what people are doing anymore. But yeah, um, what was I going to say? Oh, in terms of um, a company cleanly having like energy and stuff like that, I would say that Sitecore, um, the the office in Copenhagen, holy crap. Like I've um, traveled there two or three times, I think, a long time ago. That is a city where you can take in a big, full, deep breath and the air smells good. And like, it just, everybody's happy and nice there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I have the same impression. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It yeah. was absolutely amazing. I was just like, oh, I never want to leave this yeah. place. It's majestic. But yeah, yeah. You, you can actually tell that, that they put, energy into conserving yeah. energy and coal and all of that stuff there are like wind or um wind solar, uh, uh so mills yeah, is it mills I, I don't even I think that, is it yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah it's amazing i think they are actually <laughs> if not 100 percent there but they're close uh the, the whole country runs all, on renewable energy as wind and solar yeah. I think they are actually right. As far as I, I, I remember reading somewhere. Yeah, I think they're quite good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw tons of like wind farms. That was the first time I had ever seen a wind farm, and it was amazing to think that that's how it could be. We could just use wind, but guess what? We don't because of capitalism. Because these companies that profit off of using oil and coal and all of that stuff you yeah. know yeah absolutely <laughs> they should pivot <laughs> definitely they should pivot because yeah they they have to yeah 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 but like could you sell wind power i guess you could yeah like <laughs> you can sell anything yeah, I think right <laughs> people sell water yeah exactly right so yeah i guess it's about the infrastructure that you use to distribute that energy from wind mm -hmm. and water i think that's and even oil oil is a natural resource right why should we yeah. pay for that right but i do understand it's like to, to get it you know the whole infrastructure around it's it. the process, it's the process of extracting. Extracting. yeah but they just made it like too much now a country that has oil is by far more, you know, richer than other countries, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, is that really fair? It's like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so uh, next we have a segment called Precious Gems. This is where I take comments from Twitter or uh, TikTok or Instagram, whatever, and share them. Um, if you want to be featured as a precious gem, then you can send us your comments at TRs and Tech on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and use the hashtag Make Yourself Shine. So 
I'm going to screen share this uh, comment that I got. It was a while ago, but it's still um, very uh, poignant. So um, Jason Alba, actually, I'm waiting for my screen to load here. Is it still? Yeah, it's all right. Okay, this comment comes from Jason Alba. We are very, very good friends, and he's my mentor in a lot of ways. And in response to the episode um, with Jaina, uh, she had a quote that really, really is helpful. Wherever you are in your career, you can always start over. If you want something different, it's totally fine to start over. Jason said, I'm watching this right now, smart conversation. That was a really, um, it, it was always something that I had to hear. Like, I, I don't have to stay on a path if I don't like it, you know, and you can always just do something else, which is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, great. So let me stop sharing and back to Daniela. So, um, Let's pivot the conversation a little bit and talk about uh, what changes need to be made to get more girls interested in tech. Wow, that's a big question. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about it for for a long time. Um, so, for me, I think it starts from. Let me close my Teams tabs because my colleague are my colleagues are texting. Well, sending messages because <laughs> apparently they're still working. Um, for me, I think the conversation um, needs to start. So we need to 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 don't to to set the context for this conversation, right? So if we just take take it outside of um, let's say the whole lifespan or the where we we're at at the moment. If we just start talking right now, is like probably we're not from from this moment. Probably we're not going to get to to a clear answer. I think we can start getting more girls in tech. Any needs to start from the childhood, from their from their upbringing. Um, we can still do things, let's say from now on, to attract more girls or to retain more women in tech, or to make sure that they they don't to retain basically and and to attract in universities. But even even by the time a girl chooses to uh, to go to university, she's probably she's probably faced she probably faced some microaggressions from families, from the society, from friends unconsciously right no one really on you know were on purpose trying to divert her from from tech and she might do something else right so yeah we can't we can't do anything with that right but if we are aware that we can raise our our girls um yeah knowing that they can do everything you know in terms of like what toys we buy in terms of how we talk with them how you know mm -hmm. everything um, so what we can do right now, uh, from this moment, let's say, because we can't re-educate girls, right? It's like that started a, a, another path. I guess just we can look at what is the environment at work, uh, make sure that is a clear um, career path for them, that is transparent, open, 
uh, make sure that everyone is trained and understands the unconscious bias. We all have them and we just need to be aware of them and then fix them. I think that's a really, really big one. And that also should come from the organization, you know, just to invite uh, trainings and workshops and discussions around that and just, you know, deep listening circles with women and just men also listening to women and their experiences. Um, of course, not to mention the equal pay, which we're still far behind. I'm talking even in the UK and many countries in Europe, all countries have a pay gap. Some have more, some have less. And UK is quite bad, as, I, as I've read recently. Um, but that's somehow for me, that's the default. Of course, let's pay women as much as we pay men for the same job, having the same experience. Um, but apparently for many organizations, that is not on their priority list. I think it's because they, it will cost so much that they will just not be, you know, they just can't right now, which is crazy. But yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's not profitable, not profitable for them or that's how they see it, which is wrong because your profits as a company come from your people. Yeah. You know, and also if, yeah, once you hired women, now probably you've done your budget, so on, so on, and bringing that equal pay from then on, it will change the whole budget team that you've done, right? And probably companies just can't afford that. But that's still not right. That's still not right. It's still, no. yeah, I, I agree. Um, that, that was a great segue into our next topic. What is unconscious bias and how do we overcome it? So unconscious bias, for me, of course, um, so everything that we do that is um, in prejudice for other people or against other people. And that could be uh, everything around gender, sex, uh, religion, uh, cultural background, uh, being an immigrant or not. So it could be everything. It could be everything. And it's something that we're not aware of. It's something that we're not doing it on purpose. But it's something that is ingrained in our brains because of how we were raised, because of our societies and the society in its core, it has this unconscious biases. You know, it depends where you live. You might be prejudiced against women. You might be prejudiced against people of color and about uh, people of different religion than yours. Um, it's something that your parents had and just that idea was put in you without you choosing to. And even if you start educating yourself, it, it, it will still be there. So it's, it's an ongoing work that we need to do. And probably, you know, if we can ever get rid of, but I think we just need to always be aware of that and always keep ourselves in check to where we are in some situations and make sure that our actions are not based on unconscious bias, but are actually against those. Just always be aware of how we're talking and how we interact with people, how our actions are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have a perfect example of this. Um, I, I don't think it's a secret that I like Disney. Um, and when my niece was eight, we um, ate at a restaurant called Chef Mickey's. Minnie is a waitress. And 
my niece, I was like, why isn't Minnie a chef? You know, my niece said, women can't be chefs. She was eight. She was eight. This wasn't that long ago, you know? Well, no, I think she's like 20 now. So it was a while ago, but still like in, in the early 2000s, she got this idea in her head. And I remember my sister being like, where did you hear that? Yeah. You know? And she's just like, I don't know. That's unconscious bias. That's what it does to us as women. She was eight. And also women versus other women. It doesn't need to be just like men, you know, over women and, uh, you know, white people over people of color. It could be of your own gender, your own uh, skin color, your own cultural, you know, religion. Yeah, we have them. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just as you like, it's so ingrained into everything, the misogyny, the patriarchy, all of that stuff, how the, the world is built on a system by men for men, you know, um, anyway, that could be a, a whole episode. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, yeah. I will. I'll have to have you back for that at some point. <laughs> the the system. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of men, why is it important to have male allies? Oh, the first thing that came to my mind is, and I, it's so sad, but it's so true, is I, the society still in some situation listen to men more than they listen to women. And there's still so much evidence on that. Uh, that, that, was, that was the thing that just came, you know, just like... Uh, came for me um, because it's the right thing to do as well because it is um, fighting for justice and for equity and for e- equality and equity let, let's leave it there is not just the women's problems uh, sexism is not just the women's problem patriarchy is not just the women's problem men are affected mm-hmm. by patriarchy as well in different ways but but as well so just it makes it right we just do the right thing if we just like stand up for in solidarity and support other other groups. It's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, it's just that, you know, if I complain about something, then nobody cares until a man agrees with me. And then sometimes they still don't care and I have to get a lawyer anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it just, I mean, the length that men will go to, to protect, to protect male fragility is beyond me. They can look at a situation, see the same thing that you see, but not internalize it the same way because women are always wrong and and not only too emotional exactly there are so many other stereotypes that it just doesn't make sense and now the science backs that up it's just not proven it's just not right it's just yeah but still to get that science out to people it it will take a while yeah yeah i think so too and it takes a lot of you know talking about these issues and really illuminating how these affect us 
affect women, men, as you said, men are expected to be the breadwinner and like macho and manly, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and also um, one of the things that patriarchy really affects them in terms of how they show emotions. We are emotional beings, but only for the half of, of the population, which are women, men don't really, men, still many of them, not, not, not all, they don't, they don't learn how to express feelings. They think that that's a sign of weakness. And then they end up exactly. like eating themselves. And it is also, again, other statistic that men do um, when they try to, when they attempt to, su uh, you know, su to suicide, to kill themselves, they actually succeed in higher rates than women. But they also, um, that's true. Uh, they also, you know, do it in higher numbers. So yeah, they, yeah. And that, that's for that. I'm pretty sure that's related to how we express uh, emotions and how we are allowed to express emotion with quotes. Um, exactly. Yeah. You do not have, you do not need permission to express emotion, you know, like whatever you feel is valid. You know, your feelings are always valid. It's how you uh, present them and then how others react and then how you react to them and internalize a lot of stuff <laughs> absolutely but even in groups of men if someone and i've witnessed that and i still witness that in you know the last group when i when i see like men going out first of all they don't really talk about you know in, or like deeper stuff it's very shallow mm -hmm. uh, but also if someone like uh, dares to like be a little bit sentimental or emotional they will make fun of, of this guy, the, the, the rest of the group. So that immediately yeah. is this discouragement of, of yeah, just expressing, expressing emotions. Again, this is not the, the, the case for all men in all situations, but still I see it too often, too often. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what change would you like to see happen um, in tech, especially in terms of equity inclusion, um, yeah, yeah. So because we start, let's start from because we start from today, right? Is like already the women that we want to attract in the in the field are grown up and they've been already through through the system. Again, but as I as I said, if we can just raise our daughters, you know, equally with with how we raise our boys and give them equal opportunities, right? But in terms of uh, if we start from now, I guess, um, yeah, so much mentoring, like having other women is like, if you have, you know, some women in your company, use them to mentor other women to like set an example that that is possible as well. And it's proven that if you see yourself represented in spaces, then you're more likely to join those spaces as well, right? Um, again, uh, pay equal pay gap, offering women opportunities even in um, in businesses, like I have seen also uh, same experiences of a man and a woman, and in case of a promotion or a super interesting project, the opportunity was given to the man. Uh, again, just try to try to be considerate of that unconscious bias. A lot of trainings, and uh, you know, all of us educating on that, especially men, because this is a, a problem of you know 
you know, specifically women in tech, um, start programs like go in schools early on. Now, let's form some teams, go in schools, talk about how, yeah, women uh, like us, we just go and talk about our experience and how we ended up here. And also, you know, the struggles that we've faced, but also that we're here and it's actually great and we can do it. And it's amazing. Um, uh, that's another thing we can do. Um, yeah, um, other programs in schools, um, I think, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I I never expected this podcast to get the uh, attention that it does, but people are just like, nobody talks about these things. And I'm like, there are a whole bunch of podcasts for women in tech where they talk about these things. Why are people not finding them, yeah. you know? But it's it's really um, important just to raise awareness because then our male allies will see, you know, what what this is doing to us, how we're treated and um, how men really unconsciously don't care about our feelings. Whenever we have a problem, they just want us to go away. And you, you know? know what? I think it's also... Um it's a it's a culture of it's a work culture as well it's not just men we do not allow um all all of us in our workspace we need to be productive especially between like nine and five when we have client meetings as women on our period we're not allowed to like maybe they you know some organization do understand that and they give like uh, maybe sick leave but still like if you have a little bit of a lower day it's 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 still not understandable that you might have just yeah you you feel a little bit miserable today and hence you know your your productivity is a little bit lower and that is fine because we're humans we have yeah. different cycles and men have more cycles than women by the way during a day so <laughs> men have cycles men have a lot sure. of cycles it's incredible how yeah. quickly a men's cycle can change from an hour to an hour from one hour to another hour uh, so I think it's a it's a work yeah. culture. We just need to always be smiley, capable, like um, rested, and uh, you know, be fully present, regardless of what's happening in our um, personal lives. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that you brought up periods. This is um, such a you know like visceral issue, and I will never forget. I will say I taught at a like very frou-frou privatized health um company in their bathroom i shit you not they had a wicker basket with name brand tampons and pads like all you know like spread out in this nice like <laughs> yeah that that's the only time I've ever seen that there should not be a machine that you have to pay for that stuff. Because if you've ever been a woman at the office who gets her period without expecting it, you don't have, you know, tampons or anything. And you have to go around to women in the office and ask if they have any. No, absolutely not. Every office should have a wicker basket with nam brain, nam the name brands. I hundred percent, a hundred and fifty, a thousand percent agree with this. And I should think yeah. they should be free. 
everywhere, even in the, you know, I think the government should mm -hmm. give them for free is uh, girls and women totally. should not pay for them. Yeah. Speaking of that. So here in the States, we're having like, um, sorry, my stutter is going to come out on this when there's nothing to do, uh, supply chain issues. The two top things that we're missing are tampons and formula for yeah. babies, both impacting women in a friggin' horrible way. And I wonder why those two things are, are what we're short of. Why aren't we short of like Viagra? And for <laughs> sure, not short on guns. Sorry to bring it up, but yeah, actually. No, totally. Yeah, so how come is like formula and yeah, exactly. Like women's pads. It's like, it's what world are we living in? Yeah. I've heard that because my sister I lives know. in the U S and she's giving birth in like mm -hmm. a, a month maximum from now. And she's worried. She's worried oh, cool. um, about, about this because she doesn't know if she can breastfeed and, but yeah. Yeah. That's it's, thing. it's hard to breastfeed. Not yeah. everyone can actually. Absolutely. Yeah. So she's worried. So. And she's also worried. It's like, what if I can't get formulas? And she was saying, you're going to come visit and you're going to bring a lot of formula from the UK and such. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There are there are women who sell their breast milk now. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes me so sad. Yeah. Like that that should not be a thing. It no. just shouldn't. It's like you said, it's a crazy world we're living in. What's going on and anymore? And it's an, it's another <laughs> element that is put on uh, women with with children not only that you know in many states maybe they don't have paid leave or it's very short mm -hmm. um you know not you know maybe not all women have insurance to give birth and it's quite costly and now another thing is like a crisis of formula mm -hmm. so I, I really feel for 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 those women yeah yeah same um on that note, <laughs> I wish I could end on like a happier note. It's going to be okay, ladies. We're going to, we're going to get through this yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, unfortunately we are at the end of our time. I can like never believe that it's the end of the time I could listen to you talk all day long. <laughs> Likewise. I, I love this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of important stuff. So before I let you go, can you tell people where to connect with you and um, any presentations or <laughs> anything um, oh. that you have upcoming? So, yes. Um, future presentation. Actually, I, it's just the symposium, Sacred Symposium, uh, which... Well, it's not, we don't know yet um, if we have our our talks uh, accepted or not. Um, other than that, um, not really, uh, no other presentation. I'm on LinkedIn. I don't even know my name on LinkedIn. Um, That's okay. I'll, yeah. you know, <laughs> put the I'm links. I'm on many social yeah. medias, but I use them for just to find out events. And yeah, I don't really post that much. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Well, just in case, I'll have links to all your stuff in the uh, description. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on as a guest. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you.
Much appreciated for having me. Yes, absolutely. If you want to support us, please like, subscribe, and share this episode with your fellow gems. Let me know in the comments what other topics you would like me to cover and follow TRs and Tech on social media and use the hashtag MakeYourselfShine. Thanks for watching or listening and have a great day.